You're listening to WALT. Homegrown. Homemade radio. Hello, ghost family. Welcome to Family Ghosts. I've been going through some old files recently, and the other day I came across this little piece that I wrote to accompany a photo essay that my mom published in the Washington Post about 15 years ago. The title of the photo essay was Neighborhood Watch, and the essay featured portraits of me and my brother and a bunch of other kids from the neighborhood we grew up in. For each of us, there were two portraits, each taken by my mom. The first portrait was from 1988, and the second from 2008, 20 years later. And when the photo essay originally appeared in the pages of the Washington Post magazine, my mom asked if I would write a brief introduction, which is what I found. It goes like this. I am standing on West Masonic View Avenue on a mild autumn afternoon, surveying the smattering of brown leaves scattered across the lawn that separates the Wilson's house from the stucco house where the mean lady lives. The breeze shifts suddenly, and the leaves begin to trickle towards me. I feel the wind blowing my pant legs hard against my shins, and I look down towards Commonwealth Avenue and see a wind tunnel approaching. My hair is blasted back from my forehead, rippling in what has now become a gale-force wind. I hear a chime, and suddenly I understand. I spread my arms, and the wind howls between my outstretched fingers. I tilt my body forward. The wind begins to slide beneath my toes in tubular gusts, and I allow myself to lift my feet from the sidewalk until I am laying flat in midair, suspended above the street with the ability to convey myself at great velocity anywhere I choose, riding the power of the wind. After a few minutes, I return first my left foot, then my right to the ground. The blood drains from my head, and I lower my arms as the breeze continues its path around me, whipping me with chastising gusts as it passes. Soon my hair stops billowing, and my pants no longer flutter with nature's forces. The bluster has passed me by, and the leaves between the houses return to their lifeless scatter. Now, unless you're listening to the show for the first time today, which, if you are, welcome, you know that Family Ghosts isn't a show about literal ghosts. As my dad joke elevator pitch goes, on Family Ghosts, the families are real, the ghosts are metaphorical, and the truth is always relative. But that's not to say I don't believe in supernatural experiences. I do. Because while I've never seen a ghost, at least not that I know of, I do have that memory that I can't explain. Back in the early days of 2020, I was interviewed on the podcast A Funny Feeling, hosted by Marcy Giroux and Betsy Sodaro. And on every episode of that show, they have people on to tell stories about supernatural experiences. And until I sat down with them, that little piece of writing for Neighborhood Watch was all I'd really done to investigate my flying memory. But in my conversation with Betsy and Marcy, I began to realize that the origins of family ghosts may be more supernatural than I thought. I'm a little nervous talking about it because I have not 
actually ever had a conversation with anybody about it. Whoa! Um, world premiere. Yeah. World premiere! <laughs> it, and, but this feels like the right place to talk about it. Yeah! Um, From WALTFM and PRX, you're listening to Family Ghosts. I'm Sam Dingman, and for our last episode of 2021, I'm going to play you an excerpt from that conversation with Betsy and Marcy. It's an origin story of sorts for everything you've ever heard on Family Ghosts, recorded in February 2020, back when the idea of being haunted by a surreal and persistent presence that we can't see still felt supernatural. We'll be right back. dig into this stuff then um Mm -hmm. we always start by asking our guests what if anything do you believe about the paranormal so um i i don't know if i have a particular position on whether or not paranormal events are real Mm -hmm. okay but what i believe 100 percent is that the effects of paranormal experiences should not be denied. Like people, yeah. people ex- have paranormal experiences and they have physical and psychological and emotional responses to seeing ghosts, experiencing the presence of ghosts, being abducted by aliens, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. And then they reorient their entire lives and self-perception around those experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And that's real. And I think Denying that or trying to tell those people that that is not their experience is awful. Yes, <laughs> because yeah. it it it's real. Like the effect is real, and whatever it is that prompts somebody to have that kind of transformational experience yeah. is something that we should honor and explore. Yeah. So <gasps> that blew that's my, my yes. That's so. Nice and true, and yeah. blew my mind. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it w- it's just like someone having a um, like if, even if you don't believe it, it's like someone having a feeling about something they're perceiving, like between other people that like maybe that's not someone else's experience, yeah. but it doesn't. But make- they are feeling yes, it mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Whoa! You know, I, the way I think about it is like like I love when people tell me about their dreams. Yes, and I know a lot of people are like, "Don't tell me about your." fucking dreams <laughs> i love hearing people's dreams too i, I think it. it's so funny yeah, yeah. and because what's interesting to me about it is i know that like it's it kind of similar to the paranormal thing obviously it was a dream it didn't really happen unless you know i mean maybe we're living in a simulation who knows like yeah. and maybe dreams are things that are planted by whoever is controlling the simulation yeah but like <laughs> so much netflix in this simulation yeah. <laughs> so much so yeah. weird they got bored i guess yeah guess yeah put it on autoplay yeah. <laughs> we want to get a look at the r&d uh, from their labs about why they think this is a good idea but um you know, like when someone tells you about their dream, it, it's clearly because they had some kind of vision and it is going to affect the way that they then go out into the world yeah. and conduct themselves. And that anytime somebody is giving you that opening to say, this is who I am, like this is what's happening for me at a deep emotional level, that's beautiful yeah. I think it's so beautiful when someone is willing to drop the veneer of having yeah. everything figured out and to kind of show you how their how the, how their gears normally turn and 
the fact that this experience has like changed the way that's happening and is routing the you know oil and whatever it is that runs through them in a different direction and lighting them up in a different way yeah and i i feel like it's i I always want to be a person who says yes to that when somebody offers it yeah i one of my favorite things is trying to get to the like why do you think you dreamed that like what Mm -hmm. was what was your brain trying to figure out Mm -hmm. yeah like what what were you like replaying and i like like being like what do you think it was yeah and yeah. then to be like, no, 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 no. I actually think it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, I I see your psyche. And let me tell you what it is. Yeah. But it truly is like I do. And I do think it's like whatever you think it's about. That's probably like what it yeah. is. Absolutely. 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 And we don't, at least to my understanding, as even at the highest levels of science, we don't really know what consciousness is. Oh, we I know. Isn't that wild? <laughs> yeah. Which means we also, by extension, don't really know what subconsciousness is. Yeah. And so we might as well get in there and explore and, and try to figure it out and think about it. One of the coolest experiences I ever had as a podcast producer is I worked... Um, Uh, as a producer on this New York Magazine show called Sex Lives. And in every episode of the show, they would talk about, they would pick some topic related to sexuality and they would explore it. So for one episode, they wanted to talk about why do people have kind of like fucked up, uncomfortable sex dreams involving Mm -hmm. like incest or like inappropriate sexual connections. And so we had this guy come on and he said this thing that I cannot stop thinking about, which is he said he wrote this book called I think it's called Big Dreams. Um, And he said that what your subconscious is doing when you dream is it's trying to get your attention and it knows that it can get your attention by creating a story that is... (gasps) illicit or um, you know you shouldn't be listening to or telling. And so by making you have a dream about having sex with somebody that you shouldn't have sex with, what it's doing is not saying, that's what you want, you monster. (laughs) What it's doing is saying, you know, if if you have whatever, an illicit sex dream about a parent, it's trying to get your attention to say, like, there is something you need to talk to your dad about. Um, And there's something about the Uh, dynamic that is being created in this narrative that your subconscious is trying to say, like, pay attention. Don't worry about the details of what happened, but you and your dad aren't communicating or or whatever the answer is. Um, And I, I, I find it really interesting that the the brain can do that and that it is an impish trickster <laughs> yeah like i'm gonna shock you into yeah. figuring out something that's so cool especially because you can apply that to so many different types of dreams like yeah. even mm-hmm. ones where you're being like i don't know like chased by something and you're yes. like it's like no you're afraid of something it's yeah, not something's up yeah it's not necessarily this guy trying to get in your house yeah but you're yeah you're afraid yeah. Yeah. And and that also gets into, I think, a, a lot of fascinating ideas about, I think we are told all the time that what humans want in storytelling and entertainment is <laughs> very, like, basic, easy to clock um, stuff that doesn't require a lot of deep emotional investment where like humans in general want like recognizable archetypes like similar like tropes that we have seen before because we don't have time for anything else um and i think one of the i mean one i think 
obviously we are open to those things because we dream them all that we are open to like really complex symbolism and psychology uh, because we dream that way all the time. But also maybe the reason we're drawn to simple stories is because the ones that our brains are telling us all the time are so intense and complicated that it's actually a source of relief to look at or read or watch something. Yeah. Yeah. Where you can just shut off and just be like, okay. Yeah. Okay, they're fighting at a bar. That's right. so Good. funny because my, I just thinking about like my parents, my, like we'll try to discuss like a show that's complicated and my dad will always be like, did you see this CBS and whatever? It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like an easier yeah. version of like sort of thematically similar, but like kind of not as complex as like, like I don't know, thinking of like the outsider or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, mm-hmm. you know, he's like the version is like a little easier to digest. And I'm like, yeah, because you've had like almost 70 years of like yes. having to think about shit. Your brain's like, I don't want to do this. I don't one. need to do this one bit. Sitting on the fucking couch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to my dad about Parasite and, oh, and yeah. my dad reads a ton like I think of my dad as like a advanced comprehender of stories yeah but he was saying you know there was just nobody for me to like in that movie and I you know if you're gonna ask for my money and my time uh. I want to like somebody that I'm watching on the screen and I I am I just always am really surprised by that response yeah. to things because it's like well do you like is art supposed to make you feel better about a world that uh, about the world or is it supposed to reflect the world you actually exist in? Yeah. Cause like, do you like everybody that you interact with on a day to day basis in life? Like but I bet at his age he does. Ah, that's interesting. Oh, cause he's like probably like whittled his life down to like people that he wants to be around. Right. That's and the true. people that probably cause him the most grief are his family that he loves the most. <laughs> right. Like that's oh, yeah. just how it works at that age. Yeah. I've definitely caused him some grief. <laughs> I mean, Man, no, no I, one yells at my parents like me. Oh, yeah. That's what you got to do when you're a kid. No, as soon oh, as you go back for Christmas. Oh, yeah. Shut up. Everything, Leave me alone. You're treating me like a teen. Everything you think every day is wrong. <laughs> yeah. It is so like I'll just get I'll even get fired up when they're like, so what? uh what are you working on? And I'm like, you would not understand. It's like, wait, they're just asking. They're just curious about their child. Yeah, they're just like, I what don't am know. I doing? What, are you going to talk about a horror film with me? Yeah. 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 My dad can, he can get, he can get in. Yeah, he likes, he likes horror movies. That's cool. Yeah. Um, let's take a quick break. Family Ghosts will continue in a moment. Okay, we're and back. And we're back. Ooh, good what, break. Rough. Rough, everybody. Um, rough. So I didn't ask you earlier, Sam, but do you have any weird stories that could fall under the umbrella of paranormal? The paranormal umbrella. <laughs> I have two, actually. Yeah, yes. that's what we like to hear. Okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Yeah. We can talk about like psychology and family dynamics anytime. Yeah, anytime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So the fr- this first one. I, I'm a little nervous talking about it because I have not actually ever had a conversation with anybody about it. Whoa! Um, World premiere. Yeah. World premiere. <laughs> it and but this feels like the right place to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and it's the. This feels really weird to say. I believe that when I was about uh, nine, I had an experience of flying. 
And when I have thought about this just kind of in private with myself, uh-huh. I have tried to figure out whether this was a dream. Um, and the reason I don't think it was a dream is because I don't ever remember my dreams. Um, I, I think I can actually name like four dreams in my life that I remember. And wow. other than that, I have when I'm asleep, I'm just dead. Like I don't yeah. <laughs> remember any other dreams. And also when I do re- those dreams that I do remember, I have no f- memory of physical sensation in the dream. I remember the narrative arc of what happened, but I don't have any physical experience of what it was. And in Whoa. this experience of flying, which I think is real, I my memory of it is intensely physical. Wow. Whoa. So this is what happened. Okay. Yes. I was walking through the neighborhood where I grew up in Northern Virginia, and I remember standing in the side yard of my friend's house, and because I, I wanted to go over and play Super Mario 3, and oh, yes. I had knocked on the door, and there was nobody home, and I was feeling sad about that. <laughs> so I was standing in the side yard, and I remember it was a fall day. I remember like the smell of fall, like that kind yeah. of crisp sort of burnt leaf feeling. I love that smell so much. It's the best. They need, there need to be candles that smell like that. There probably are. There are. Oh, there are. If there's a candle that smells like Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina, there's gotta be one. (laughs) Is there one? Oh my gosh. Whoa. Yeah, it's a $75 candle. Yoops. (laughs) Wow. I want to know who like figured out what that smelled. What oh, scientist? Okay, yeah. I gotta, I gotta uh, get in there. Uh, anyway, anyway, let's not get distracted. Speaking um, of R&D. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I'm st- so I'm standing there and I remember the smell and then I remember looking at the leaves kind of around my feet and then I remember a wind chime playing on like a porch next door yeah. um, and in my memory it like echoes, it like reverberates. And then I remember the leaves on the grass started like skittering, like as the wind picked up and they started scooting towards me. And I remember having a realization, just lift up, (gasps) just lift, go up on your toes. And I remember going up on my toes. And then I remember just like pick up your toes. (gasps) And I remember picking up my toes and I remember that I was floating. (gasps) And then I remember thinking, okay, now just lie down in the air. And I remember lying down flat on my stomach in the air and putting my arms out. And then I remember thinking, just move your fingers a little bit and you can start to go. And I moved my fingers and I started like swimming, you know, it's like three or four feet above the sidewalk. And I remember that as I went, I could sort of start to pick up a draft and like, like whoosh ahead for a little bit and then I could kind of like break and slow down a little you know and hover in the air for a second and then like whoosh and it was only like 10 minutes or so (gasps) and I remember I I remember just going around the block and kind of stopping outside people's houses and looking through Mm -hmm. their windows and wondering if they could see me outside floating Whoa! and nobody looked out but I but I have these vivid memories of like my neighbor Paul and um, my Family, friends, the crooks, like seeing them in their houses, like moving food around on tables or playing with dogs. Wow. And then I came back to that same spot in the side yard. And I remember having a realization like this is going to end now. The wind is <gasps> stopping. So put your toes back down. And I put my toes back down. And then I remember thinking, put your heels down <gasps> and lower your arms. Wow. And then I remember thinking, that's never going to happen again. Whoa. And it has never happened again. But I, 
I really think it happened. What do you, do you think it like, like, I'm like trying to, do you think it like that you, you're, I don't know. I just keep thinking out of body, but like. That's what I was thinking yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Or do you think your physical body flew or do you have like any theories? I have the best theory that I have been able to come up with is I guess that it was an out of body experience and that like I used to have these experiences at that age of suddenly feeling like I was alone and didn't have any friends. So, you know, I, in thinking back on the experience, it is notable to me that what happened right before is that I wanted to go play with my friend and he mm-hmm. wasn't there. And that all of a sudden I felt like I was just standing in this yard and didn't have anybody to connect with or talk to. Um, and that what this experience was characterized by for me is a sense of I'm literally flying outside your house yeah. and you're not looking out and noticing me. Whoa. Like, what do I have to do to get noticed or have friends or feel yeah. connection? So maybe <laughs> something to do with it, but, um, wow. Whoa. Th- I, that's the, that's the closest explanation I can come to except that. Like I remember of the feeling of the air passing under my body as I like moved down the street. I have that's a memory so- of the air, like going over my arms and going through my hair. Um, That's so cool. I've never heard of anything like this. No, I love yeah. it. I think you flew. Thank you. Me yeah. too. Thank you. You know how to fly. <laughs> the other thing about it is I don't wish that I could still do it. Okay. You know, it's yep. not like when I think about it, I'm like, oh man, I hope that happens again. Yeah. It's, it's just this experience that I want to keep a halo around inside yep. of me and it, when I, the other thing that I guess I think about is in the kind of work that I am very grateful to get to do, I feel like a lot of what I'm doing is coming into a family's very personal situation yeah. to ask them a bunch of questions about something that, the, like, what defines the stories that nobody has ever wanted to talk about. Yeah. It. And I'm now sitting there with microphones saying, will you please talk about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> please, come on. And will you please trust me <laughs> yep. to be the person who you give this story to and then shapes it and releases it for public right. enjoyment? <laughs> yeah. And that's a very strange thing to do. Um, but I think a reason maybe that I have been able to have success in convincing people to to share those kinds of stories with me is that I have this very deep association with myself as an outsider. And I think, so I, I feel like my entire life has been characterized by trying to convince people, I guess, to invite me in. Okay. And so I think I have become good at saying, I am somebody who generally feels uncomfortable. And so in a weird way, I think that builds trust. Mm -hmm. Um, Is this making sense? No. Yes, absolutely. Also, like in relation to your experience, it makes it like it makes so much more sense to me. The idea that that you felt so outside that you were flying around and like looking into windows of places that you were not a part of the thing is like, right. 
And there's something familial about it, too, I guess, that, you know, it was in the, the suburbs. It was literally these, like, you know, warmly lit, detached, yep. bright homes. And to and it was the middle of the day and I was yes. nine. Like, I could have been at my house right. hanging out with yep. my own family and having these experiences that I was looking in on. But for some reason, it felt like, no, this is my way in life. It, yeah. It's to be outside and looking in on yeah. other people having this experience. And also how wild for you to the the part of like this will never happen again. Like knowing that so, something happened. Yeah. Where it is just like, okay, this will never happen again. That part I don't know what to I mean, now I'm tempted to look back and and view that as that was some larger universal force saying I, I'm just going to show this to you for a second. Yeah. And that's it. That's all and you get. Done. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have any more time for you. I have Ooh. to go, you know, have some levitate somebody else. Or, yes. You know. I have to show this to somebody else. <laughs> yeah. In South America. Or right. even just the idea that, that for someone who's feeling like an outsider to be like, you, you're special. You're special too. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe like they don't see you outside the window, but there's something special about you. Oh, I like that a lot. Well, I like I, that, Marcy. Hey. Do you guys feel like as artists, mm-hmm. there are formative moments in your lives where you realized like it is par- part of part of my story will be reflecting the stories of others in in some form rather than um well, I don't know what the alternative to that would be, but or rather than just being somebody who participates in life and then sees it reflected by other people, but to to be a reflector. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, definitely I like um uh, not exactly the same, but like I experience extreme anxiety right after shows mm-hmm. and I almost feel like um sometimes especially in a good show that I'm like kind of being a different whole thing on Mm -hmm. stage and so I feel like very vulnerable off of it because I'm not the same like I'm not oh yeah I'm not as funny or I'm not as like whatever it was on stage and like almost don't want to discuss it or talk about it because it's barely me sort of feeling oh yeah or like once I heard like Robin Williams talk about how he or someone talk about Robin Williams as like a channeler Mm -hmm. and I feel like in my very best moments um that that's what was happening. That it was like barely me. I love that idea so Whoa, much. Oh, that's cool. Was like, I was just like the vessel that it was happening yeah. through. Mm-hmm. Um, Whoa. Even when I write, sometimes I like feel that way. That not until way later that I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. what? It, that's what I was. That's what I wrote. Mm-hmm. It's so I have moments like that of like, whoa, I just said that. Yeah. Okay, cool. And it worked. Okay. Or I just said that and it didn't work. <laughs> okay. I could only assume that it is, you know, some like subconscious part of me that is absorbing all all other things. Well, it's why you do what you do. Yeah. And why we do all do what we do. It's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, we were meant like the universe. We're meant to do what we're doing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that sense of like other voices, other experiences are coming through you. Yeah, I I think is really powerful, and that makes me think of like what you're saying about when you're performing sometimes or when you're writing sometimes, these things come through you that you can't explain. Yeah, yeah. 
And it's like that whole, like, like, and we've talked about this of how for thousands of years people have seen ghosts. Yes. Where it is like, then that's got to be a thing. Like, yeah. just mm-hmm. like that of like, we all see the same stuff when we're on shrooms and then... Like, yes, of course, people are seeing these things. Yeah, yeah. And we have been forever. Yeah. Like, they gotta exist. They gotta. They, they gotta. do exist. They gotta. And somebody, I remember saying, hearing somebody say in passing, I wish I could remember who it was, but it, it was a quote from Thich Nhat Hanh, whose name I um, am perhaps getting wrong, but uh, he, I think it was him. Anyway, the idea is that a cloud doesn't disappear it just becomes rain <gasps> oh. and that if that is true of a cloud and we as people are made of mostly the same things that a cloud is made of Whoa. then it absolutely makes sense that our presence does not go away right it just yes. turns into something else and lingers in some other form um, I like that a lot. Yeah. When I, like I that heard that, like, I got a huge chill. Yeah. And, and it made me feel, uh, just to what you're saying about, like, and to this idea of people's experiences of haunting experiences of yeah. the supernatural have to be believed, it seems, the, the idea of a lingering presence, it, it doesn't seem super far-fetched. Yeah. Yeah, me. not at all, where it's like, where does that energy go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got to go somewhere. Oh, I love that. God, I love that so much. I do too. That, this episode is blowing my mind, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's really blowing my mind. Family Ghosts is hosted, produced, mixed, and edited by me, Sam Dingman. A Funny Feeling is hosted and produced by Marcy Giroux and Betsy Sodaro. Thank you to both of them for having me on the show and for allowing me to use that excerpt on this week's episode. Check out A Funny Feeling wherever you're listening to this. Betsy and Marcy are wonderful hosts, and every episode of that show that I've ever listened to is a spooky riot. If you'd like to see the portraits in Neighborhood Watch, as well as the little pieces of writing that my mom commissioned everyone who she photographed to create to accompany the portraits, you can find a link in the show notes for this episode. If you'd like to hear the second supernatural experience that I alluded to in the first part of my interview with Betsy and Marcy, you can hear it, but only if you join our Patreon, the Kindred Spirits. For just $5 a month, Kindred Spirits get access to all of our episodes ad-free, and they get exclusive bonus content not available anywhere else, like my second ghost story. The support of the Kindred Spirits is a big part of what keeps family ghosts going, So if you have the means, please consider joining today at patreon.com slash familyghosts. And if you don't have the means, no worries. Thank you for listening to Family Ghosts. And please consider supporting us for free by leaving us a review in Apple Podcasts. It will take 30 seconds of your time, and it will make a huge difference in the life of Family Ghosts. As our collective haunting approaches its third year, Ghost Family, I'm so grateful to all of you for making Family Ghosts a part of your story. Stay safe and stay strong. Together, we will get through this.